I wish John Whitehead was running for president this year. Because the opinions that he shared about this year's election that I shared with you previously, I think are spot on. And when I saw this particular article that I'm going to share with you on this edition, this was dated, ironically enough, September 9th. I think that what you're going to hear from Mr. Whitehead is just as true here as it was about the elections. His article is called The 20-Year Journey from 9-11 to COVID-19 and the Freedoms Lost Along the Way. As I mentioned on the other piece, I welcome any comment you have. You're welcome to email me at guitarsuccesst at hotmail.com or you could use the voicemail message icon on the podcast page too. We're going to take a look in full detail at the 20-year journey from 9-11 to COVID-19 and the freedoms lost along the way. You may not be aware of this, guys, but I think a lot of eyes need to be open and they need to be open now. We will look at this article right after this. Ours is a strength like no other. Born of grit, determination, endless resilience. It's a physical, mental, emotional strength. It's about character, purpose, possibility. But one thing is perfectly clear. There's strong. Then there's Kansas City strong. For more than 180 years, Kansas City has faced countless challenges and powered through each to embrace a brighter day. Across our city and in every corner of our community, you are coming together by staying apart, showing your strength in solitude. Now is the time to dig in and do what's necessary. Today, Kansas City Strong is our battle cry. Show us your strength, Kansas City.
They're strong. Then there's Kansas City strong. Visit us online at kansascitystrong.org. Among the opinions that I found myself having ever since March, I found myself really believing, at first sarcastically and sometimes, and later on maybe possibly a little more truthfully, that Republicans and Democrats haven't worked together on anything since 2001. And apparently, not only have they not, but we haven't in the United States, I guess, either. John Whitehead once again pointed this out. From, from again, our source being Mint Press News, mintpressnews.com. And it's a backslash constitution-journey-from-9-11, etc. But the one thing I admire about John Whitehead is that he sees things that we don't typically see because this is the kind of information that isn't, record, isn't reported rather in either a local or a national news outlet. It's time we open our eyes once again, my friends. This article was dated September 9th of this year. You can map the nearly 20-year journey from the 9-11 attacks to the COVID-19 pandemic by the freedoms we've lost along the way. And I think also what we've allowed ourselves to lose, too. Something to think about. The road we have been traveling has been littered with the wreckage of our once-bonded liberties especially those enshrined by the Fourth Amendment. The assaults on our freedoms that began with the post-9-11 passage of the USA Patriot Act laid the groundwork for the eradication of every vital constitutional safeguard against government overreach, corruption, and abuse. The COVID-19 pandemic, with its lockdowns, mask mandates, surveillance, snitch lines for Americans to report their fellow citizens for engaging in risky behavior, and failed threats of forced vaccinations, has merely provided the architects of the American public, American police state, with an opportunity to flex their muscles. These have become mile markers on the road to tyranny. Free speech, the right to protest, the right to challenge government wrongdoing, due process, a presumption of innocence, the right to self-defense, accountability and transparency in government, policy, press, sovereignty, assembly, bodily integrity, representative government, all of these and more have become casualties in the government's ongoing war on the American people. Yes, my friends, I said that. The government's ongoing war on the American people. In the process, the American people have been treated like enemy combatants, to be spied on, tracked, scanned, frisked, searched, subjected to all manner of intrusions, intimidated, invaded, raided, manhandled, censored, silenced, shot at, locked up, denied due process, and killed. 
What the past 20 years have proven is that the U.S. government poses a greater threat to our individual and collective freedoms and national security than any terrorist, foreign threat, or pandemic. In allowing ourselves to be distracted by terror drills, foreign wars, color-coded warnings, partisan politics, that's the big one there, pandemic scares, and other carefully constructed exercises in propaganda, slate of hand, and off an obfuscation, now I pronounced that right, we failed to recognize that the U.S. government, the government that was supposed to be a government of the people, by the people, for the people, has become the enemy of the people. Have we noticed this? No. Indeed, the U.S. government has grown so corrupt, greedy, power-hungry, and tyrannical over the course of the past 240-plus years that our constitutional republic has since given way to an ideocracy, and representative government has given way to a kleptocracy, a government ruled by thieves, and a cockistocracy, a government ruled run by unprincipled career politicians, corruptions, and thieves that panders to the worst vices in our nature and has little regard, if any, for the rights of American citizens. Although the Bill of Rights, the first ten amendments to the Constitution, was adopted as a means of protecting the people against government tyranny, in America today the government does whatever it wants, freedom be damned. We the people have been terrorized, traumatized, and tricked into a semi-permanent state of compliance by a government that cares nothing for our lives or our liberties. And let me stop right there to say this. It doesn't matter which party either, ladies and gentlemen. You're both guilty. I move on. The boogeyman's names and faces have changed over time. Terrorism, the war on drugs, illegal immigrants, a viral pandemic. But the end result remains the same. In the so-called name of national security, the Constitution has been steadily chipped away at, undermined, eroded, whittled down, and generally discarded with the support of Congress, the White House, and the courts. Let me say that last sentence again, guys. The boogeyman's names and faces have changed over time. Terrorism, the war on drugs, illegal immigration, a viral pandemic, but the end result remains the same. In the so-called name of national security, the Constitution has been steadily chipped away at, undermined, eroded, whittled down, and generally discarded with the support of Congress, the White House, and the courts. All of them. What we are left with today is but a shadow of the robust document adopted more than two centuries ago. Sadly, most of the damage has been inflicted upon the Bill of Rights. Here is what it means to live under the Constitution, post-9-11 and in the midst of a COVID-19 pandemic. The First Amendment is supposed to protect the freedom to speak your mind, assemble and protest nonviolently without being bridled by the government. It also protects the freedom of the media, <clears throat> excuse me, as well as the right to worship and pray without interference. In other words, Americans should not be silenced by the government. To the founders, all of America was a free speech zone. Despite the clear protections found in the First Amendment, the freedoms described therein are under constant assault. Increasingly, Americans are being arrested and charged with bogus contempt of cop charges, 
such as disrupting the peace or resisting arrest for daring to film police officers engaged in harassment or abusive practices. Journalists are being prosecuted for reporting on whistleblowers. States are passing legislation to muzzle reporting on cruel and abusive corporate practices. Religious ministries are being fined for attempting to feed and house the homeless. Protesters are being tear-gassed, beaten, arrested, and forced into the free speech zones. And under the guise of government speech, the courts have reasoned that the government can discriminate freely against any First Amendment activity that takes place within a government forum. The Second Amendment was intended to guarantee the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Essentially, this amendment was intended to give the citizenry the means to resist tyrannical government. Yet, while gun ownership has been recognized by the U.S. Supreme Court as an individual citizen right, Americans remain powerless to defend themselves against SWAT team raids and government agents armed to the teeth with military weapons better suited for the bat- to the battlefield. As such, this amendment has been rendered null and void. The Third Amendment reinforces the principles that civilian elected officials are superior to the military by prohibiting the military from entering any citizen's home without the consent of the owner. With the police increasingly training like the military, acting like the military, and posing as military forces, complete with heavily armed SWAT teams, military weapons, assault vehicles, etc., It is clear that we now have what the Founders feared most, a standing army on American soil. Open your eyes, America. The Fourth Amendment prohibits government agents from conducting surveillance on you or touching you or invading you, unless they have some evidence that you're up to something criminal. In other words, the Fourth Amendment ensures privacy and bodily integrity. Unfortunately, the Fourth Amendment has suffered the greatest damage in recent years and has been all but eviscerated by an unwarranted expansion of police powers that includes strip searches and even anal and vaginal searches of citizens, surveillance, corporate and otherwise, and intrusions justified in the name of fighting terrorism, as well as the outsourcing of otherwise illegal activities to private contractors. The Fifth Amendment and the Sixth Amendment work in tandem. These amendments supposedly ensure that you are innocent until proven guilty, and government authorities cannot deprive you of your life, your liberty, or your property without the right to an attorney in a fair trial before a civilian judge. However, in the new suspect society in which we live, where surveillance is the norm, these fundamental principles have been upended. Certainly, if the government can arbitrarily freeze, seize, or lay claim to your property, money, land, or possessions, under government asset forfeiture schemes, you have no true rights. The Seventh Amendment guarantees citizens the right to a jury trial. Yet, when the populace has no idea of what's in the Constitution, civic education has virtually disappeared from most school curriculums, that inevitably translates into an ignorant jury incapable of distinguishing justice and the law from their own preconceived notions and fears. However, as a growing number of citizens are coming to realize the power of the jury to nullify the government's actions and thereby help balance the scales of justice is not to be underestimated. Jury nullification reminds the government that we the people retain the power to ultimately determine 
what laws are just. The Eighth Amendment is similar to the Sixth in that it's supposed to protect the rights of the accused and forbid the use of cruel and unusual punishment. However, the Supreme Court's determination that what constitutes cruel and unusual should be dependent, should be dependent on the evolving standards of decency that mark the progress of a maturing society leaves us with little protection in the face of a society lacking in morals altogether. Have you noticed that? Of course not, folks. The Ninth Amendment provides that other rights not enumerated in the Constitution are nonetheless retained by the people. Popular sovereignty, the belief that the power to govern flows upward from the people rather than downward from, from the rulers, is clearly evident in this amendment. However, it has since been turned on its head by a centralized federal government that sees itself as supreme and which continues to pass more and more laws that restrict our freedoms under the pretext that it has an important government interest in doing so. Shut up already, government. As for the Tenth Amendment, reminder that the people and the states retain every authority that is not otherwise mentioned in the Constitution, that assurance of a system of government in which power is divided among local, state, and national entities has long since been rendered moot by the centralized Washington, D.C. power elite, the President, Congress, and the courts. If there is any sense to be made from this recitation of freedoms lost, it is simply this. Our individual freedoms has, have been eviscerated so that the government's powers could be expanded. Mind you, by government, I'm not referring to the highly partisan two-party bureaucracy of the Republicans and Democrats. Rather, I'm referring to the deep state, the, corp the corpora corporatized, militarized, entrenched bureaucracy that has set itself beyond the reach of the law and is unaffected by elections, unaltered by populist movements, and staffed by unelect unelected officials who are, in essence, running the country and calling the shots in Washington, D.C., no matter who sits in the White House. This is a government that, in conjunction with its corporate partners, views the citizenry as consumers and bits of data to be bought, sold, and traded. This is a government that spies on and treats its citizens as if they have no right to privacy, especially in their own homes. This is a government that is laying the groundwork to weaponize the public's biomedical data as a convenient means by which to penalize certain unacceptable, in quotes, social behaviors. This is a government that subjects its people to scans, searches, pat-downs, and other indignities by the TSA and VIPR raids on so-called soft targets, like shopping malls and bus depots by black-clad Darth Vader lookalikes. This is a government that uses fusion centers which represent the combined surveillance efforts of federal, state, and local law enforcement to track the citizenry's movements, record their conversations, and catalog their transactions. This is a government whose wall-to-wall -wall surveillance has given rise to a suspect society in which the burden of proof has been reversed such that Americans are now assumed guilty until or unless they can prove their innocence. This is a government that treats its people like second-class citizens who have no rights, and is working overtime to stigmatize and dehumanize any and all who do not fit with the government's plans for this country, as if they had any anyway. 
But anyway, I digress. This is a government that uses free speech zones, roving bubble zones, and trespass laws to silence, censor, and marginalize Americans and restrict their First Amendment right to, right to speak truth to power. The kinds of speech the government considers dangerous enough to red flag and subject to censorship, surveillance, investigation, prosecution, and outright elimination include hate speech, bullying speech, intolerant speech, conspiratorial speech, treasonous speech, threatening speech, incendiary speech, inflammatory speech, radical speech, anti-government speech, right-wing speech, left-wing speech, extremist speech, politically incorrect speech, and a partridge in a pear tree speech. But anyway, this is a government that adopts laws that criminalize Americans for otherwise lawful activities, such as holding religious studies at home, growing vegetables in their yard, and collecting rainwater. This is a government that persists in renewing the National Defense Authorization Act, NDAA for short, which allows the president and the military to arrest and detain American citizens indefinitely. This is a government that saddled us with the Patriot Act, which opened the door to all manner of government abuses and intrusions in our, on our privacy. This is a government that, in direct opposition to the dire warnings of those who found, founded our country, has allowed the Department of Homeland Security, DHS for short, to establish a standing army by way of programs that transfer surplus military hardware to local and state police. This is a government that has militarized America's, Americans' domestic police, equipping them with military weapons such as tens of thousands of machine guns, nearly 200,000 ammunition magazines, thousands of pieces of camouflage and night vision equipment, and hundreds of silencers, armored cars and aircraft, in addition to armored vehicles, sound cannons, and the like. This is a government that has provided cover to police when they shoot and kill unarmed individuals just for standing a certain way or moving a certain way or holding something, anything, that police could misinterpret to be a gun or igniting some trigger-centric fear in a police officer's mind that has nothing to do with an actual threat to their safety. This is a government that has allowed private corporations to get rich at taxpayer expense by locking people up in private prisons for nonviolent crimes while providing corporate America with a source of cheap labor. This is a government that has created a constitution-free zone within 100 miles inland of the border around the United States, paving the way for Border Patrol agents to search people's homes, in intimately probe their bodies, and rifle their belongings all without a warrant. Incredibly, nearly 66% of Americans, two-thirds of the U.S. population, now live within that 100-mile-deep constitution-free zone. This is a government that treats public school students as if they were prison inmates, enforcing zero-tolerance policies that criminalize childish behavior, failing to teach them their rights under the Constitution, and indoctrinating them with teaching that emphasizes note memorization, emphasizes note memorization and test-taking over learning, synthesizing, and critical thinking. This is a government that is operating in the negative on every front. It's spending far more, t far more than what it makes and takes from the American taxpayers, 
and is borrowing heavily from foreign governments and Social Security to keep the government operating and keep funding and keep funding its endless wars abroad. Meanwhile, the nation's sorely neglected infrastructure, railroads, water pipelines, ports, dams, bridges, airports, and roads, is rapidly deteriorating. Look up and look around, guys. Come on. This is a government that whose gun violence inflicted on unarmed individuals by battlefield-trained SWAT teams, militarized police, and bureaucratic government agents trained to shoot first and ask questions later poses a greater threat to the safety and security of the nation than any mass shooter. They are now reportedly more bureaucratic, non-military, government agents armed with high-tech, deadly weapons than U.S. Marines. This is a government that has allowed the presidency to become a dictatorship operating above and beyond the law, regardless of which party is in power. This is a government that treats dissidents, whistleblowers, and freedom fighters as enemies of the state. This is a government, a warring empire, that forces its taxpayers to pay for wars abroad that serve no other purpose except to expand the reach of the military-industrial complex. This is a government that has, in recent decades, unleashed untold horrors upon the world, including its own citizenry in the name of global conquest, the acquisition of greater wealth, scientific experimentation, and technological advances, all packaged in the guise of the greater good. This is a government that allows its agents to break laws with immunity while average Americans get the book thrown at them. This is a government that speaks in a language of force. What is this language of force? Militarized police, riot squads, camouflage gear, black uniforms, armored vehicles, mass arrests, pepper spray, tear gas batons, strip searches, surveillance cameras, Kevlar vests, drones, lethal weapons, less, less than lethal weapons, unleashed with deadly force. Rubber bullets, water cannons, stun grenades, arrests of journalists, crowd, crowd control tactics, intimidation tactics, brutality, contempt of cop charges. This is a government that justifies all manner of government tyranny and power grabs in the so-called name of national security, national crises, and national emergencies. This is a government that exports violence worldwide, with one of the country's most profitable exports being weapons. Indeed, the United States, the world's largest exporter of arms, has been selling violence to the world in order to prop up the military-industrial complex and maintain its endless wars abroad. This is a government that is consumed with squeezing every last penny out of the population and seemingly unconcerned if essential freedoms are trampled in the process. This is a government that believes it has the authority to search, seize, strip, scan, spy on, probe, pat down, taser, and arrest any individual at any time and for the slightest provocation, the Constitution be damned. In sum, this is a government that routinely undermines the Constitution and rides roughshod over the rights of the citizenry. This is not a government that believes in, let alone upheld, upholds freedom. So where does that leave us? As always, the, final, the first step begins with we, the people. We will continue with this article on the other side of this break. 
I want to take a moment to tell you about a new addition to my bookstore. It's the sequel to my book, Climbing the Faith Ladder, which is called Continuing the Climb. It talks about transitions that have needed to be made on this journey to ministry. It talks about some things I've had to go through. It talks about some things that are helping me look ahead, most especially in a year where not a lot of looking ahead was going on. The book is available at Amazon.com slash author slash Terry Runyon. It is $9.50 for a paperback and $9 for the ebook. I invite you to pick a copy up as you follow my climb to ministry. Continuing the climb, a new addition to my bookstore. Continuing now with the words of John Whitehead. Those who gave us the Constitution and the Bill of Rights believe that the government exists at the behest at the yeah, behest of its citizens. It is there to protect, defend, and even enhance our freedoms, not violate them. Our power as a citizenry comes from our ability to agree and stand united on certain freedom principles that should be non-negotiable. It was no idle happenstance that the Constitution opens with these three powerful words, we the people. In other words, we have the power to make and break the government. We are the masters and they are the servants. We the American people, the citizenry, are the arbiters and ultimate guardians of America's welfare, defense, liberty, laws, and prosperity. As I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, we have managed to keep the wolf at bay so far. Barely. Our national priorities need to be reprioritized. For instance, some argue that we need to make America great again. I, for one, would prefer to make America free again. John Whitehead, I would agree. I remembered on Saturday mornings hearing a lot of schoolhouse rock songs that were kind of ways of teaching about the American way of life. And since we talked about the Constitution quite a bit, John Whitehead alluded to it quite a bit, it seemed appropriate to bring the schoolhouse rock folks in to help us out with what this document, the Constitution, should be all about. So without further ado... founding fathers set out to do. We 
something that we really should be proud of too without further ado i'm gonna let johnny cash describe it for you just a second wait i got 15 more seconds hang on no we've got less than that ladies and gentlemen the man in black courthouse square on a park bench an old man was sitting there i said your courthouse is kind of run down he said said your old flagpole is leaned a little bit and that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it he said have a seat and i said out is this the first time you've been to our little town i said i think it is he said i don't like to brag but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag you see we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. And it got powder burned the night that Francis Scott Key said, Washington, right and say, can you see? And it got a bad rip in New Orleans with Packingham and Jackson tugging at its seams. And it almost fell at the Alamo beside the Texas flag, but she waved on though. She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville. And she got cut again at Shiloh Hill. There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard, Bragg, and the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag. On Flanders Field in World War One, she got a big hole from a birth of gun. She turned blood red in World War II. She hung limp and low. 
a time or two. She was in Korea, Vietnam. She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam. She waved from our ships upon the briny foam, and now they've about quit waiting back here at home. In her own good land here, she's been abused. She's been burned, dishonored, denied, refused. And the government for which she stands is scandalized throughout the land. And she's getting threadbare and she's wearing thin, but she's in good shape with the shape she's in. Because she's been through the fire before. And I believe she can take a whole lot more. So we raise her up every morning. We take her down every night. We don't let her touch the ground and we fold her up right. second thought, I do like to brag, cause I'm mighty proud of that ragged old We all should be, and I think in a way we still are, but ladies and gentlemen, as Americans, we need to open our eyes. We'll be right back. I had been saying that we are going to have a show strictly for the guys. And before I have that opportunity to do it, I get some other topics that I thought needed to be shared. And I apologize for not following through on that particular promise. Next week on the podcast, we're going to do going to follow through on that. I'm going to make absolutely sure I do. We'll go back to In Kansas City Magazine, and we'll go back to stories that are a little closer to home. In fact, next Monday, I'm going to share with you the top sandwiches as published by our folks, our friends rather, at In Kansas City Magazine. So please make sure you join me next Monday right here on the New Directions podcast. Thank you for joining me for this two-part series that hopefully will put everything that we've been going through this year in a little different perspective. My thanks to John Whitehead along with the folks at mintpressnews.com for shedding a little extra light that other people may possibly not have been able to do. Moving to final thoughts, Charlie Daniels provides them for us. If your goal lies upstream, you have no wise choice but to swim against the current. Let's all make the day count, and that goes really for any day there is. That's going to wind things up for this edition of the New Directions Podcast. Thank you for being with me as always. We will see you next week. And until then, to get us out of here, you know the song, you know the group. Boys, take it away.
Bow, 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 bow,